0: host of Real Friends, a podcast dedicated to sharing the real stories of real friends with the belief that each one of us wants to be fully known and fully loved. Who drives to Las Vegas to get married on April Fool's Day? And why would you move from Los Angeles, California, to a smaller, lesser-known destination like St. Louis, Missouri, especially in the middle of January? These topics, along with family, faith, and future goals, Are just some of the topics we cover in this final episode of Rob Jimenez's story. If you enjoyed the first two episodes, I'm sure you'll enjoy this final episode. It's filled with the same honest insights and laughter as part one and part two. Plus, we get to hear the conclusion of how Rob proposed to his wife, Stephanie. Thank you for listening. This
1: is Real Friends. Oh, I tell you what, I did the stupidest thing for the proposal too. Just the the hokiest dumbest thing good let's hear it oh i you know i did the i did the old classic hide the hide the um hide the ring in the cake ah. you know oh, oh gosh it, it, you know there's certain things you wish you could relive in your life uh. or just redo uh. that's the one thing i wish i could redo uh. i we did not i did not do that right <laughs> I wish I'd have done a better job at that. <laughs> and then it gets worse from that point. Uh, how so? Because at that point we're we actually at the same time we're you know, we're we're living in the world and we don't have this big connection and we don't really feel like we have this obligation to do things in the way God wants us to do them, so we do it in our way. Yep. So we live together. together. Right. Yep. Right? So that's a very classic move, it, right? Right. And we live together, and I know I'm going to marry her. She knows yeah. she's going to marry me, and you know, unfortunately, things happen, and so Stephanie gets pregnant. Yeah. And uh, you know, I'm working for a big mega corporation. There, you know, we she has to be insured through me, so we have to get married. Mm-hmm. We have a mm-hmm. wedding date set for September 18th, 1993. And my company makes us get married way earlier. Mm -hmm. So we go to Vegas. Again. To pay for the baby, you mean? To basically cover her. Gotcha. They won't cover her because I say she's my girlfriend. Yeah. So, again, just another one of those weird things that I wish I could do over. But we end up driving to Vegas on March 31st. We get to Vegas around 10 o'clock at night. And I say, let's go get married. And she is like, are you kidding me? (laughs) Like, I spring it on her right there.
0: And I said,
1: I'm not kidding. And uh, we end up going to the... uh, Elvis Chapel? No, no, no. It's even hokier than that. We go to the Commissioner of Marriage at the County City Hall. Wow! In the middle of the night. Yeah, 24 hours. Didn't know that either. Wow. Um, Until that day. Learn all about Vegas. We uh, it's March thirty first. Yeah. At this point, it's about 11 eleven, eleven thirty ish or so. I say, let's wait. We're on. We're up. Let's uh-huh. let's wait. April first. No. So get married on uh, April first. Uh, 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 and she says, "Oh, that is very appropriate." Yeah. Let's get married on April first. Uh-huh. And so we get married, and then we go out and have as much fun as we possibly can which was pretty much playing carnival games at Excalibur yeah. and Circus Circus yeah. and um, and we're we're married and we got married in shorts and t-shirts yeah. and there's a very expensive gown hanging in my closet that I've never actually seen uh. to this date <clears throat> I refuse to look at it because we've had some pretty good luck so far saving it for Sarah? Uh, I don't know what's happening with it actually yeah. Yeah. um I don't know if we still actually have the full gown. I believe I think it was given to somebody as a gift or something. Yeah. But I believe like the veil and all that is still still there. But I won't look at it. Yeah. Um I remember that day calling my parents because they had no idea. And what did they think? Well my mom hung up on me three times. Oh my gosh. Because she thought it was a joke. And you know, again, hard maybe hard to believe, but I've been playing April Fool jokes on my mom for years. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. <laughs>
0: right. So you had set yourself up basically not to be believed. Plus, you were the one who wanted to wait till April Fool, right?
1: That's that's so, true, Yeah. yeah. So. And, and, and Stephanie was along for the ride. Yeah. I mean, this is yeah. it was it was pretty interesting. But that's that's the proposal and the. Um, and the acceptance is actually another thing I kind of glossed over that one, but uh, the proposal was done so bad, it was it was a it was a mess. It, it just did, even so? though even though it was hokey, it still didn't go like it was supposed to go, mm-hmm. and it got to the point where like I'm on my knee asking, begging her to marry me, and she says sure, <laughs> 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 and this is captured. In, and good thing videotape is kind of... VHS is kind of a thing of the past because yeah. I would hate to have to relive that over and over and over. Yeah. Very but, um, yeah, she said sure. And I... Over the years, over the course of 28 years, I consistently remind her about how she answered me when I asked her the most important question she ever heard. Yeah. And she answered it like I asked her if she needed mustard on her ketchup... on her, on her hot dog. <laughs> right. And <Yeah>. um, <laughs> and so, you know, I, I always tease her about that, but, you know... She told her I completely caught her off guard. Yeah. Yeah. So this
0: all happened uh, while you were living in California, right? Oh, while we were living in California. So right? what eventually brought you to St. Louis?
1: So my um, uh, Stephanie's brother, unfortunately, because of his story, he kind of went a different pathway, and he relied a lot on alcohol. And drugs to kind of take away a lot of that pain and apprehension that he was facing when when he was a kid, and they and my brother-in-law Gregory was uh, about eleven months age difference than my wife, so they were very close, almost almost an Irish twin type situation. And um, he uh, he did not. Um, you know his his story kind of led him down a path of, of destruction. And when he was 22, unfortunately, he um, he drank himself to death. Mm, wow. Sure and in essence, that. is a kind of a suicide. It was definitely yeah. a suicide. Yeah. And um, at this time, we were living in um, Central California, up in Pismo Beach area. Uh, I had already gone to work for with my father in law they decided that uh, my in-laws decided that they couldn't live there anymore. There was too many bad memories and they wanted to go. And So they ended up leaving and going uh, to live in Iowa. And for several years they were living in Iowa and things were great. And uh, my career was progressing inside of the, the gas industry. and I was doing very well for myself. Um, but my father-in-law... Opened up an opportunity for me to talk to somebody in St. Louis, and um, I formed a relationship with uh, one of the sales managers here in St. Louis, and eventually got to the point where they flew me out. Um, it was January here in St. Louis, and it was colder than I have ever been in my entire life. Um, it's probably true, especially with you living out. In California. Oh yeah, I I lived on the beach. Yeah, uh, and. Uh, I, that was wow was that cold, uh, and I, I remember coming coming here and um, and just falling in love with the city. Oh. I mean, the city was just so amazing. What do you and, love about the city? The well, like you when heard. you're on the highway, people let you merge. <laughs> it's like that was so <laughs> strange for me. Uh, <laughs> when you you left a store and people would say thank you, ah, you know, it's beautiful and things yeah. things were different in california yeah um it was kind of a rough uh rough place to live right. and um you know and i'm thinking about my younger kids and i am thinking you know we i i gotta do something here i right? this this might be the right move and um and again not really kind of relying on you know spiritual help here uh you know, I, 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 I kind of said, you know what, I, I think we have to do it. And so I, I took the job in St. Louis and uh, and started working here and, and uh, worked downtown in the city and yeah. worked really hard. I mean, probably the hardest I've ever worked in the industry. Because those first two years I worked in St. Louis. Yeah. Where did uh, you live when you originally moved to St. Louis? Well, did you <laughs> live in the city? No, actually, we... Uh, <laughs> We had uh, lived in uh, Ellisville. Because you guys have always rented, right? You've never yeah. yeah. And, and because of the nature of the work I do, yeah. you know, I, at any given time I could move somewhere else. And yeah. that, was been, that had been the history prior to moving here. Yeah. Uh, I wish I would have actually bought something back yeah. when we first moved here. Oh, now do I really wish <laughs> that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but we know that that was never a priority for us. Yeah. You know, we, we like moving around. Now, the funny part about when we moved here is uh, we moved into a, a con or a duplex in Ellisville. Um, and it wasn't quite the right space for us. Uh-huh. So we ended up moving two doors down uh-huh. from where we lived. And uh, what like a triplex or something like that? Well, no, it was a it was another duplex, but it was a bigger duplex. Okay. And uh that's where Dylan was born. Uh, And then at one point we said, you know, we really wanted the in laws to live with us to help us out with the baby, so we moved to Chesterfield. Um and then when Dylan got old enough and he was starting going to be going to school, we would know we wanted to move back to Ellisville so he could go to Ellisville elementary. And um we ended up moving back to the same neighborhood, huh? two houses up the street. Oh, oh my goodness. So we lived wow. in the same neighborhood three times on three different occasions in three different duplexes. Yeah. You to probably
0: frozen. could have bought a duplex. Oh, pro- easily.
1: Yeah. Easily. Yeah. yeah. But it wasn't a priority for us. Right. So, yeah. um, and you see, just, you know, at that point, we just, we never knew. You know, yeah. we, we could have been off to Texas. We could have been. Yeah it was there was a lot of it was one of the things about the industry I work in is that there's a lot of opportunity and I can go anywhere in the world I want to go yeah now here's the weird thing maybe the St. Louis people that will listen to this podcast will be amazed by that yeah but if I have my choice to live anywhere in the world it's here in St. Louis because I love it here in St. Louis I think that's beautiful
0: I think it's wonderful to hear and I think it's it's good for those of us who are native St. Louisans to be reminded um, of what makes St. Louis special and wonderful. Mm -hmm. So if you were going to try to give like a 60-second summary of what you think makes St. Louis special, wonderful city to spend the rest of your life in, how would you summarize that?
1: Um, Wow, 60 seconds on St. Louis... For me, is probably just bulleted points of food, cardinals, courtesy, humbleness, God fearing, accessible, clean, and and it's hard to describe St. Louis and say and not be like the opposite of what other cities are like like i don't want to compare st louis to los angeles because los angeles is what i would say is like a cesspool compared to st louis interesting and and, and it's gotten worse yeah and it's unfortunate and you've lived there and i lived there yeah. and i worked there and yeah it's horrible because there
0: are some people who view california as the that's the um, the land of you know, milk and honey, that's the ultimate destination right. where people want to move to. So it's
1: interesting yeah. to hear you moving from yeah.
0: California to St. Louis. It, yeah. In fact,
1: outlook. we had a just this week have a job opportunity to actually move uh-huh. back to California and Stephanie and I both actually said absolutely not. Yeah. 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 Cool. I love Forest Park.
0: Being a, a runner with the Big River, it has exposed me just to some of the different wonderful even like this park here um, Memorial Tribute Park yeah. we have some gorgeous spectacular parks in the area that if you just do a little bit of exploring check them out it's really yeah. really gorgeous I yeah. really
1: love it yeah I think you can throw green on the list too yeah you right. and you know there I just I think people just have respect for everything around them yeah. in the city you know? and it's a, it's a great attribute yeah it's yeah, I love the people of St. Louis. Yeah. I really do. Yeah, the people in the community, and you know, like, I found my home church here. Yeah. So that's a big deal.
0: Let's talk about that. How did you eventually come to the crossing? What was your journey that that brought
1: you to the crossing? So it was about my mother-in-law, and my mother-in-law. I don't, you know, I don't know the whole story about how she tripped over the crossing when it was Windsor Crossing at the YMCA. Yeah. And I believe, and as weird as this may sound, is like I believe she was actually walking the treadmill at the YMCA when they <laughs> were having a service, and that's what did it, you know. And I mean, back then it was such a tiny little establishment, and um, when they moved from the the YMCA over to the to the Chesterfield campus. Uh, as small as it once was, uh, uh, and it's so hard to believe that uh, I remember that how how it was more like a little one room building kind of thing. And I remember being drag dragged like almost against my will to to watch, and I, I believe it was a Christmas service, and hearing Greg speak, and you know I got to give him a lot of credit for. How, how much of a vehicle he is for the holy spirit but yeah, amen man absolutely spoke to my heart and i yeah. had never heard anything like that before yeah. and granted not in latin yeah not right. in spanish yes. but was speaking to me and i really felt like there was words coming right to me yeah. and i said this is something this is something And it was like um, you're hooked. And, you know, for somebody that's, you know, I've had my tribulations with alcohol and tobacco and drugs and all that. It was the same thing. It was the same feeling. I wanted more of it. Hmm. It was something I was yearning for. It was something that I didn't even know I was missing. And the crossings... Specifically, what Greg was doing on a week-to-week basis was having a huge impact on me. And then, interestingly enough, it shifted away from that, and then it became what Rob Bergman became to me. Yeah. And
0: And then he became my
1: pastor. Explain who Rob Bergman is. So Rob Bergman, I believe at that time, was the assistant pastor for youth ministry, uh, working with the with the lead which which was Randall Little, yeah. and I you know again the, the weird way that the whole interconnected web connects you know connects people I met Rob playing softball with him mm-hmm. and I got to be friends with him and I got to go through that wonderful moment in a father's life when they when you're waiting for your child to be born and so this is right before Claire is born and and Rachel's carrying heavy yeah. and he's wondering if he's gonna have to run off the ball field and sure enough that day comes and yeah. he gets to run off the ball field and it was just such a, such a glorious thing. Yeah. And I got to be really good friends yeah. with him and then we got to work in service together. Yeah. And then I got to the point where Rob eventually kinda of became the, the head of that of that ministry for yeah. for the uh, uh, Youth Crossing. And Rob had by, by no account of his, but he had transformed himself in my heart as my pastor. Yeah. And he's my pastor. Yeah. And I'm learning so much from yeah. him. Stories that I've heard a thousand times before I know it. Pretty are true. different. Yeah. And then even stories that I thought I was I knew. Then I get to hear the 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 rational explanation from the sixth grader. And I learned from the sixth yeah. grader, yeah. and I'm just like, whoa! What kind of crazy roller coaster am I on? Yeah. So explain
0: that. That's because you chose to be a, a youth leader, and you started out with sixth grade
1: boys. I yeah, I uh, yeah. Going back to how we started this, you know, we you and I were the wallflowers. Right, at, we a, were walked onto this campus, and there's. I think at that time maybe. 40 kids running around. Yeah. Oh my God. And... Yeah. And it looked like the most chaotic thing I've ever seen, but... I'm so glad that I made a decision to... To serve in that manner. And it, and I I'm having really trouble recalling right now how that whole thing actually happened. Because it was just kind of like really lightning fast. It was... It was like, you know, is anybody interested in doing this? And I think I, I'm not sure if I put my hand up or everybody <laughs> around me stepped backwards. I'm not right. sure. Yeah. Uh, but I remember just being just immersed in it, and 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 it was so scary at the beginning. I know. I remember. It was so scary. Uh, but I was lucky though because I had a lot of people that were gonna help us through, like uh, uh, Tom uh, Tom McMahon, one of those guys, yeah. and really, I mean almost like in a literal sense, opened up his big broad wing and said, just sit here for a while. You'll be okay. Yeah. yeah. And, and he made me feel so much better about it. And then getting to meet people like Wes Fletcher and Patrick yeah. Morningstar. And, yeah. Uh, and, and just so many people that I've worked Mike, uh, Lodeman, who's yeah still one of my best yeah. friends. And, yeah. um, uh, just getting to meet all these wonderful people and hearing their stories. Uh-huh. And, and, uh, uh, and then getting to tell these crazy, wonderful, whimsical stories that seem to be made up, but they're not. They're about us yeah. to, to these kids. And then they, they tell you their crazy stories. And what a wonderful way of actually learning about God. Uh, amen. And, and amen. I, I almost feel guilty about the nine and a half years I spent yeah. serving at youth uh, in the youth ministry. Yeah. Because I don't know if I put as much into the kids as they put into me. Yeah i agree. I feel so guilty about yeah. that i agree yep. uh but i can't go back unfortunately because yep. no sixth grader can relate to a 54 year old guy anymore
0: you never know if you got
1: some street cred <laughs> yeah. yeah i don't know because i i've never played a minute of minecraft uh, and <laughs> that's I, I, true you know, i i don't know i don't know uh, but uh but yeah that was a wonderful wonderful thing and and it and it actually evolved into other things where like i worked in kids ministry for for a long time in that as well and uh got to be in essence kind of like the lead leader for the fifth at five it's like one of the things that like doesn't exist anymore but wow was i proud of that when it was when it was being executed it was really the beginning of the whole satellite the whole off-campus thing that Uh we do now that's it all started with the fifth at five. We've seen some
0: changes. That's for dang certain. Yeah. Speaking of changes, how has your personal faith life from the start of attending the crossing changed and mature? How's your relationship basically with God, with Jesus? How has that all changed, become more personal? Or has it become more
1: personal? Oh, I, I, it's become dramatically personal because it really, sent, the crossing was the was the moment that I think I really got the 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 guttural feeling that I could have a relationship with God. And then I started I just started doing the basic stuff and it's evolved since then. So I could just start talking with him. Yeah. And you know, it's such a weird thing and I know everybody's got their own perception of how, you know, God communicates back, but and I'm pretty sure for everybody it's different.
0: So how does God communicate with you? How do you hear or sense God in your life? What is your love language with God, and how does God express his love language with you?
1: Yeah, so, you know, I I got to the point where, you know, God is that is that, in essence, kind of like that friend dad that, you know, I can contact when when I need him. Yeah. But I spend more of my time actually just calling him to tell him that, I really appreciate everything He's done for me, and, yeah. I, and I love Him. Yeah. and and I think I do that more now because, like, I I don't have any more of those father figures in my life anymore, yeah. and so it's really important for me to actually continue to maintain that because I still have that yeah. with God. And uh, you know, my <laughs> I think my relationship and my like, you want to relate this into the love languages is that, you know, I really have a. a like a, a, a complete at ease to, to be verbal with, with God, you know. I, I mean, I, I would love to throw high fives and, you know, fist <laughs> bump, with, you know, with God and, and all the, I would just love to line the apostles up and just, you know, right down the line, you know, yeah. and, and just high five like I'm coming off of, a you know, a, a, an all-star game. Yeah. But um, I think
0: God can put other people in our lives to where he expresses his physical love for us through other people in very tangible ways. Yeah. And I've sensed that in very personal and real ways where all five of the love languages up and down, God can express them and share them and show them to me when I need them most.
1: Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I definitely can concur on that. I mean, one of the ways that I think the the whole interaction with God is for me is that um, he gives me the insight to be able to look at how my life's going and see him interact in that as I go and. You know, I I got into this habit just as an example of, of the way my career's been going and I and I said to him, you know, uh, I, I need you to help me be successful and not for the purposes of being successful, but yeah. I wanna do this and, and I wanna do this and I wanna do this. And I have a long list of things that I wanna do. Yeah. And I, and I need I need you to help develop me through my job to be that person that I, I think you want me to be yeah. later in my life and and it and and it, and it goes and it and it turned into a habit where I'm I'm getting on a plane six times a week and I just, I got into this strange habit of repeating the same prayer to him, and I and as I got on a plane every time I got on a plane I would say God please Please take care of me. Please take care of everybody on this plane. And let me just have one more day to love like you love me. Yeah. Get prayer. And it became the my mantra. It became yeah. my every day. Six times a week type of thing. Um, and again, kind of looking at it, as you look back on it, he's allowed me to use these gifts that he's given me and I can cross lines that I don't think are have ever been acceptable just this morning I'm having a conversation with one of our sales specialists in Texas about how the world needs more God in it and that we have to be more respectful of him because if we turn our back on him that's when it starts getting really crazy that's when the world really yeah. gets out of control. Yeah. And we're in one of those uncontrollable situations yeah. right now yeah. where a million plus people have gone into the kingdom of heaven way before the plan. Yeah.
0: Right. And you're referring specifically to for COVID. Okay. Yeah.
1: You know, obviously yeah. We we know that pain and suffering and disease is all is all of the world, so if it's of the world, it can't be part of the plan. Yeah. So I mean, I'm, I'm you know, again, I, you know, God has this bigger plan. In my brain, I rationalize as, as, okay, there was only a certain amount of you that were expected for dinner, but come on in, right? Yeah, you know, um, I've got table for everybody here. We have plenty of room, but I. I don't think any of this is part of the plan. And I don't think this is making God very happy. Yeah. I don't know why... Or understand why we have to go through such anguish. Um, and what we're supposed to learn out of this, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. But I'm not going to question him either. Yeah. that would be foolish as well. Yeah, But I go back and I look at my life. And I look at that conversation, you know. And... Like i see his interaction you know i i, I through you know during you know the with the 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 rise of covid you know i was i was on 15 airplanes i was hmm. at an international convention talking to uh some Chinese vendors when i was notified to come home hmm. and I mean i could have easily been infected somewhere in that way yeah. but i wasn't so what do you think are the
0: pluses and minuses that have come out of this whole COVID experience for you?
1: Um, for me? Yeah. Uh, for me, with the COVID thing was not traveling. Yeah. Um, you know, getting to be at home, which I think is a super important thing for, for Dylan. Yeah, I think it was important for Sarah, too. Yeah. Because she went through some amazing transitions yeah. while, I've, while I've been at home. I think it's been important for uh, Stephanie and I's marriage. Yeah. Where, you know, the big joke is, you know, I've been home all this time, and she's probably sick of me. Actually, it's the opposite. That's good. She she doesn't want like me to, to go back that. on the road, and yeah. I'm actually not as enthusiastic good. about getting back on the you? road. My brother says the same thing, and I yeah. love hearing stories like that. I I miss my wife. Yeah. That's I miss bad. my kids. Yeah. And I unfortunately this COVID thing actually. It took something that dramatic to actually prove it to me then. What Um, the world meant for bad. Yeah. God's able to transition for good.
0: For those of us who really trust, love him, follow him, obey him. And so I've heard more positive stories as a result of COVID than than just yours. It is true, the tragedy of losing lives. But, yeah.
1: yeah. And we we lost a family member. And uh, my... uh, my niece's grandmother and you know it's just it's I just have to say you know why you know during this time I lost my grandmother though she didn't die of of COVID you know it's always a why situation yeah Uh, and (laughs) it's an interesting thing that happened with that where she passed away and it was her wishes that I was one of the pallbearers, mm. and so when my grandfather passed away, I was one of the pallbearers. I was the only grandson.
0: Yeah,
1: as a pallbearer, when my grandmother died. I was also asked to be one of the pallbearers. I was the only grandson that was asked to be a pallbearer, but we couldn't go to California because of COVID. Gotcha. Yeah. And like everyone in the family was like, "How could you? How could you not do this?" And I said, I, "I," and it was funny because I, and I don't ever remember actually doing this so unconsciously as I did in this particular case when I said. I said, Jesus said, leave the dead for the dying. Yeah, I'm here. I'm here for the people that need, and my family needs me. And I'm not going to risk myself getting on an airport Yeah, yeah. I've never ever done that before, yeah. and it was like natural. Yeah. So, you know, in in 54 years of trials and tribulations, and and falling on my face like a toddler, trying to do it by myself, instead of grabbing for his hands and, and having him give me help. Uh, maybe I'm starting to learn that man cannot just live on bread alone. Yeah, you need God. Yeah, Amen. You do. And Amen. So, fifty-four years. Yeah, it's not too bad. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um. So, COVID hits your experience attending the crossing changes a little bit. Tell me.
1: Well, not only take that. Take me through that and yeah, kinda like not, where you're at. Not really. COVID was at the end part of that with okay. with the relationship with going to community per yeah. se because that's yeah. what we. That's what we all kind of assimilate the crossing to is just our opportunity to become community. Mm-hmm. Um, but prior to that, we had some medical challenges with Dylan. Dylan is uh, uh, extremely allergic uh, to uh, peanuts and tree nuts and uh, root nuts and uh, grapes. Crazy. Why grapes? Yeah. The proteins are very similar. Wow. And, um, you know, that kept us in a position of being really conservative about places that we wanted him to be in. And, and though we don't view, you know, uh, kids crossing as being dangerous, and believe me, I intimately know about the security right. means and everything that goes with it, but there was still this level of uncomfort that we had, and it kind of kept us away from being in community. Yeah. Um, now, actually, just recently, Dylan was uh, bit by a tick, and he contracted um, what's Lines? called alpha gal. Oh, I don't know if you're familiar with this. And that. So alpha gal is a uh, uh, transmitted disease from tick that actually pr- makes him allergic to uh, meat from four-legged animals. So for. Uh, for the name possibly for the next eight months to more than a couple of years he will not be able to eat any meat wow and um uh, and so that exacerbates his his other allergies and again it just puts us in a really uncomfortable position with his health and we're we're uh, we're that weird you know we're we kind of believe that when it comes to health, that that ultra conservativeness is not out of the question. It's like you, everything you do should be to support the health of, of your children. Yeah, and, sure. And there's no, there's nothing that actually constitutes taking risk. Yeah. Um. So we kind of have that mentality, and that's kind of kept us out of co- not just church community, but yeah. it's taking us out of like a lot of other communities as well.
0: Um, so what do you do then to try to? Since community is still important, relationship, yeah. how do you navigate that sort of tension in terms of protecting Dylan, doing what's right for him, and yet still not totally giving up on community on your part? Right.
1: Um, I think me personally, the way I supplement community is through the service that I do. So, uh, actually starting Sunday, this mm-hmm. coming Sunday, I'll be umpiring again. Huh. And that's my awesome way of meeting yeah you know, um, gosh, how many teams are we talking about here? Um, 12 teams of 11 guys. So, I mean, 140 plus guys, you know, that uh, I get to meet. Um, that's that's my service outlet. Um, and I'm really grateful that I get that opportunity to do that. And uh, even though it's really physically aware on me, I mean, it's yeah. it is so physically demanding. Uh, And this year will be even tougher because it's doubleheader league. (laughs) So, um, but that's what I do for community. You know, the um, uh, really haven't put a lot of thought to what is going to happen with Dylan. You know, he's and and, you know, we all know what that sixth grader mentality is. It's, it's jello, you know, he's, he's a jello head and uh, not a lot's going to stick in there. Um, And we're not too concerned with him, um, per se. When he gets older, it'll be a lot more important, and we'll we'll make sure we emphasize that greatly for him to be part of communities like that. Yeah. yeah.
0: Uh,
1: and it'll be different. You know. Does he attend school online, or does he actually
0: physically attend school?
1: So we, uh, uh, in the last year, he was it was a combination. Okay. And uh, at the end of the school year when things started looking like they were stabilizing, he was going to school gotcha. full-time. Okay. Um, I do not know how it's going to work yeah. as he's going into middle school now.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, he's planning on going, physically being there. It's such a huge risk, though. How so? Uh, well, he's not vaccinated because okay. his birthday doesn't happen until uh, a couple weeks from now. Gotcha. Uh, to get vaccinated and they won't they won't change the rule they won't they won't make an exception Um, so we have that risk to deal with with COVID there's uh, there is another inherent risk with the vaccine because of the nature of how the vaccine is actually produced with the use of actual proteins that come from four-legged animals Mm. there might be a reaction there we're concerned about that as well yeah so yeah, the the kid's complex. <laughs> he's uh, he's he's afforded us some challenges that we would have never foreseen, and uh, uh, it's it's he's he's been a struggle for several years. But uh, but the good thing is is that we are we are blessed because he's blessed with the gift of being really smart, and he is uh, he pretty much self manages his allergy. Wow. And he he will absolutely not eat anything unless it is double checked. Yeah. And uh, uh, we're really glad that he's got a, a, you know, he understands that capture, which is why we're we're really not concerned too much about his spiritual journey. Yeah. You know, uh, I I think it, it becomes like a thousand times easier when a kid's that smart. Yeah. You know? Now Matt, on the other hand, is I think equally smart. Um, and he was a challenge actually in his, in his journey and he still is a challenge in his journey. And, uh, I would love for him to get, you know, baptized at some point and I'm hoping he will, but I know when he comes around to, to realizing how important that is, it's going to have that much more impact on him. So I, at this point, I just got to make sure that he doesn't just, you know, step into the darkness. Yeah. You know, that's, that's my job. And I'll do yeah. that same with Matt and with Dylan. Yeah. When they get to the point where they're really going to realize how important that is, oh, it's going to be so great for them. Yeah. It, it'll be like Sarah. Like yeah. Sarah, when she did it, and gosh, how was Sarah at that? Fourteen when she did that? When she baptized herself? Wow. Got baptized. Wow. And she was so sure, and she still is. Yeah. And I, I just love that. Did she get baptized back when she was in youth? Yes. Uh, okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And it had nothing to do with me. Yeah. Which I was so... So impressed yeah. with with the youth staff. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, what is what an amazing, amazing, amazing Miss Sue. Yeah. And and um, oh gosh, Randall's wife. I can Emily. Remember. Emily. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Just That's spectacular a, people.
0: Amazing youth leaders. Yeah, yeah. Amazing youth pastors and youth leaders. Yeah. Are, are stepped there.
1: And you know, I, and I, you know, to this day, they probably don't know how much of an impact their relationship with Sarah. Had on me. yep, Amen. Huge relationship. Amen. Yep. Just everything came so evidently clear after Sarah got baptized. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. Yeah. It was cool. Yeah. That's where I learned to surrender.
0: Yeah. So let's fast forward to today. Um, revisit today and your current season of life. What's most important to you in 2021? What are the most what are the things that you're most grateful for these days? It could be friends, family, God, career, health, peace of mind, you name it.
1: Uh, I think the, the thing I'm most, uh, grateful for is family. Um, and, and that's an unfortunate reason is because I'm losing family. And so my appreciation for who's left is, 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 uh, amplified, uh, Do you believe you'll ever see those family members again oh i i hope so um yeah but if i don't it'll be because of i did something (laughs) stupid you know i i I wish i could call my shot you know (laughs) i wish i could point to the fee to the fence and say i got this one handled (laughs) no i i am well aware of my my faults and if my faults keep me from that it'll be my fault and Fortunately, it
0: has nothing to do with what you and I do. Right. It has everything to do with what Jesus has done on the cross and whether we really trust and believe that he
1: is who he says he is. And, you know, I can't hear that enough. Yeah. I, I can't hear that enough. I, yeah.
0: I think we, we constantly need to remind ourselves that that amazing gift of grace, it's just so easy to take it for granted. Yeah.
1: Just to lose well, it's, it's not, it doesn't, it doesn't compute.
0: Right. It it's doesn't. not logical. Right. It isn't. Yeah. It's atrocious math. I forget who the, the author was who, who called grace atrocious math. It really is.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It There's, and, and to me, as a you know, somebody that like works in analytics and, and um, numbers and, yeah. and uh, physical uh, chemistry and, you know, when you put things together, this will happen, right? Yeah. A plus B equals C. Yeah. The equation of grace doesn't make any sense right. whatsoever it, it doesn't and it's it's hard to accept yeah but that's the that's the challenge of it yeah. that's that's the beauty of the free will yeah. is that we have the choice and i had this conversation with dylan not too long ago we were talking about greek mythology and how how they viewed their 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 gods their their deities and yeah. and how they were separate and how much different it is in our belief system yeah. and that there's no there's no cash the ticket type thing here yeah. you you don't have to put a you know a, uh your your green stamp book filled with little stamps in there and, and that's what gets you in we don't earn it yeah and well, we
0: do, we accept it
1: yeah the
0: ultimate that free gift of grace if we trust and believe jesus really is who he says he is and that's really that's the number one question in life. What are you gonna end up doing with Jesus, right? Yeah. Do you really trust and believe He is who He says is, or not? Yeah, that's kind of what it boils down to.
1: Yeah, yeah, and yeah. and I know I do. Yep. Um. Yeah, it's like and it's, like I'm like and I'm going through like all those memories in life and and having to go through my spiritual journey like a sunrise. Yeah. You know. And not ever. Ever remembering when my life was like where I didn't have God as a key figure in it. Yeah. At some degree. Yeah. Okay. I don't I I don't know what that what that's like. Yeah. And and I never will. Yeah. Till I last heartbeat. Yeah. I will never know what it was like not to live without God. Yeah. And maybe I got maybe I have the advantage. You know, maybe I was that's another one of the gifts. Yeah. Um, but, you know i'm i'm really happy with with uh with the way you know god displayed himself to me yeah. and uh, or i should actually not say it that way god was there the whole time it was me wiping away the mud from my eyes that got me to actually see him interacting in my life yeah. and i'm i'm really happy by what you know what has happened so far I, yeah I, I it's it's been a gift yeah it's been a gift So you and I both
0: trust Jesus really is who he says he is. It's been life-altering, life-changing. But does that mean that everything
1: in life has been smooth and easy? Uh, You know, the nature of life is that it can't be smooth. You know? What are the
0: biggest challenges that you face in life today? Could it be health, relationship, retirement, spiritual, sensing your purpose in life? What are the biggest challenges,
1: even though you are a Christ follower? Well you know being a christ follower doesn't absolve us from being weak minded right. humans yeah so my biggest challenge is not being weak minded you know staying the course you know um as impossible as the goal is i'd like to be an example of his love and grace 100% time it's it's impossible yeah Right. Or maybe it is possible. I don't know. I don't know if it's like a, 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 a vow of silence in a Buddhist monastery, where <laughs> like my my hands are cuffed to myself. I, is that is that how you get to perfection? I What's don't know.
0: The, the saying, "Better to remain silent and thought." <laughs> A fool and idiot than yeah. to open your mouth and remove all Samuel doubt. Samuel Clemens, yeah.
1: <laughs> very, very insightful actually. But no, that that is hands down my biggest challenge is actually staying away from the world and and you know the world will drag you down. There's so yeah. much um, diversion, yeah. and staying away from it is is hands down the the worst part about it. Not not acknowledging the gifts and and just not being grateful, yeah. you know, it's so, so hard yeah. not to do that, and it, um, yeah, I, you know, and, and it's, and it's a little scary, too, because, like, I kind of feel like the closer I get to the goal, the worse I feel about the, uh, all the, the, the little trips and stumbles I make, and, you know, that's, that's the worst, you know, I, 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 I don't like that that constant guilt that I kind of feel and, and again, it kind of goes back to again, the way I'm wired is I, I, you know, there's there's an amount of worthiness that I don't feel like I was up to the gifts given you yeah. know, to that grace you know, it's yeah uh, I, I want to give a pint of blood to the whole thing you know, yeah. I, I think it was at least that, you know yeah. and
0: do you forgive yourself for any type of mistakes you've made in the past?
1: Yeah, I you know, I I I can easily forgive myself. That's that's yeah. a, that's one thing. And I think I I've learned that through being easy to forgive others. Yeah. And Good. um yeah, I I've come one of the big realizations that I came to was that I'm an idiot. I mean, I I absolutely make mistakes and I got to get past those mistakes, learn from them, repent from them if it's at that level, and then just keep chugging along amen and so the quicker I can get to that it's one of the things I've learned in my at my age is get past your, your frailty yeah. and, and my mind is my frail part you know I used to think my body was yeah. no it's my mind it's, yeah. my mind is the worst part of me yeah. Yeah. yeah
0: so what's on your bucket list in terms of things that you have to accomplish see or explore sometime within your lifetime. It can either be trips, it can be relational, like maybe there's something that you, you want to forgive. It can be conquest, charity, something you want to prove to yourself, maybe starting a business or ministry. It hmm. could be something as simple as dropping five pounds or starting your own podcast.
1: <laughs> well, you know, Stephanie and I have a really big goal ahead of us. And we our retirement plan is to actually retire in an act of service.
0: Mm, And, And
1: that's our, that's our retirement plan is to, to be open to wherever the world needs us. And we kind of both feel that our lives have culminated in us learning a lot about different things that would be beneficial in a community that might be struggling in in some way be it, be it economically or spiritually or whatever and and so that's my real big thing that I I hope to accomplish and I hope it's part of my plan yeah but you know we don't we're not looking at like retiring to florida we're gotcha. we're looking at cashing out going completely liquid yeah and then going to where the need is and if it's in East st Louis so be it if it's in Africa so be it where it doesn't matter at this point where yeah. it is but we we kind of feel that our paths are to serve God till the ends of our life yeah and that's what we want to do yeah. So, you know, is that we don't know exactly what that's defined either. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, if that's um, you know helping a community uh, uh, build, uh, if that's uh, starting a church, if that's you know, I don't, I don't know what it what yeah. it looks like. But do you think that's five years, ten years, fifteen years down the road? Oh well, I think plan wise, it's probably somewhere in the. Fifteen okay. year to twenty year way, you'd wait till Dylan's either in or out of college. I think. Oh yeah, they're well established. Okay. Yeah, they're yeah. they're all the kids are well established and yeah. and uh, have their own lives and and we're you know I think there's a kind of a little ingrained hope that they follow in our steps that that's becomes their retirement plan yeah. too is that they pick up where we would leave off. Yeah. Do you think Matt will still be living with you at that time? <laughs> there's, a, there's a good possibility of that. No, he I, may
0: be part of the ministry too. Yeah. He just
1: doesn't realize it yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, who knows? I, again, you know, there's, everything's happening for a reason. So right. Maybe there's a reason he is staying home. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. But that's. I think that's the great big... A, a thing that that we want to accomplish there are other things that we're kind of hoping other people wish to accomplish that would benefit us too like grandchildren yeah you know that'd be great oh,
0: yeah. but
1: you know it's not a it's not a requirement for our happiness either yeah so you know we uh, you know that's one thing stephanie and i are are loaded with love
0: yeah
1: and uh once our kids are gone, you know we're gonna we're, we're gonna have to outlet somewhere. Yeah, because if we do yeah. it we, if we give that much love to each other, we're gonna get you sick You could of have each another other. kid. <laughs> no,
0: <laughs> impossible.
1: Never <But> say anything. <laughs> impossible. Well, I mean, that's coming to thought too about you know taking over oh. an orphanage or, or yeah, that. Right. I mean, yeah. we have no clue what this is, but we've been on this plan for twenty years now. We've known this from the very beginning, yeah. very early in our marriage, that there is something more yeah. for us to do as a team. Yeah. And that's why we're together. That's cool. So how important is it to look forward to doing that as a team with oh, Stephanie? Well, it, it won't work if we're not a team. Yeah. You know, we are we are both uniquely different yeah. in how and what we do. Yeah. You know, Steph is clearly the nurturer. Yeah. She's the She'll be a nurse very soon. She's a teacher, she's a tutor, she's, she's, she's everything that I'm not, Yeah. you know? I'm rubbed dirt in it. She's wrap it in li- liniment and care for it and yeah. kiss it and wave it goodbye. Yeah, but that seems to work for you too. It does. Yeah. It works great for us because yeah. like on the other, you know, and, and my things is I'm the builder, I'm the thinker, I'm yeah. the engineer, yeah. you know, I'm the problem solver. Uh, I'm the crisis uh, management team, yeah. Yeah. you know? I, I am all the things that she's not. And together it works. Yeah. Because what we're looking at is not only for us to survive, but to put those skills in a bunch of other people so they can survive, yeah. you know? And we've, there's been so many discussions that we've had over the years about what this looks like, yeah. you know? Is it, is it teaching guys how to weld so they can take care of their families? Yeah. Is it starting a church or a school yeah. or a hospital, right? Because the, the weird connection is we together have the skills to build a hospital, yeah. which is, I think, weird yeah. that we have that skill set. Yeah. Yeah. But we have that skill set. That's awesome. And so why did God put the skill sets into us? Great question. There's got to be a reason. So yeah. from that, from now, or right now, that's the plan. Yeah. And our, you know, we. I mean, this is how serious we are. I'm not investing in 401ks. Yeah. You know, it, it, I don't need to. We yeah. don't. We don't have stock. We didn't buy a house. Yep. This is all part of that reason. Yeah. It's it's so that when we get to that point we're going to be able to do something that's actually significant. Yeah.
0: Well, you definitely seem to have a different idea of what retirement's going to look like for you as opposed to maybe the traditional person who's planning for retirement.
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm scared of actually, uh, what retirement means and like traditionally, like where you stop and you're not doing anything. I, I don't, that's not in my wiring. I, I, I have to constantly be doing something. Amen. Me too. Yeah. um,
0: is there anybody in life that you still need to forgive? Maybe somebody that you're carrying a grudge against or still cling to a grudge, or an old wound, maybe with an old friend, that has not yet healed?
1: You know, I don't know. I I don't consciously acknowledge any, any, any of those feelings or harbor any of those things. That's good. I mean, there's been That's plenty awesome. of people who have done me wrong, you know, yeah. over the years, but it's like forgotten you know it's like I don't know I, I think if the perspective is is that it doesn't really mean anything on this side of eternity <laughs> you know it's like so trivial yeah. you know so yeah I don't know I, I think the the people that um, that needed my forgiveness were the ones that got it yeah. you know I don't really ever felt the need to forgive anybody yeah yeah like I, I just don't harbor that you yeah know? That's awesome. That's good. That's a great way to be. Well, I, and you know, so I, I kind of live my life with a weird, uh, uh, this weird condition. Like I, I don't have expectations on people, and I, I tend not to have expectations, even even as guttural as with my wife and my kids. I don't yeah. I don't set expectations for them because expectations are easily, um, uh, they're they're easily um. You can be disappointed, disappointed with. in that, right? So. So if I don't set expectations, then I can, I can just enjoy being with them. Yeah. And, and that, you know, and then I think also the other part of it is it's almost unfair, you yeah. know? Um, like, you know, I, if I put expectations on Stephanie that she had to maintain this level of wifehood. Yeah. Wow. How unfair is that? Yeah. I wouldn't want that the yeah. other way around. Yeah. So I don't do that with my friends, I don't do that with my business associates, I don't do that with customers, I don't do that with, I don't do that with the kids, even though with the kids, it's a little bit different, because there's, yeah, there problem. is a minimum problem. expectation for them to yeah. be respectful. How about with yourself? Well, with myself, it's, um, I think I have high expectations of myself, so that's, yeah, this is where it gets very uh, hypocritical. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know if i about hypocritical, but
0: it's... There's a juxtaposition sometimes there's, that's there where you won't uh, have the same type of expectations on others that you, you have yeah. on yourself. So.
1: so, yeah. So, though I don't want to hold anybody to high accountability in my life, I hold myself to very high accountability. Yeah. How about God? Well, I, you know, I again, I think I am very aware of the fact that, uh, uh, that I view God as this just wild... Being and absolutely, there's no control. You know, he doesn't need to be in control of himself. And it, and I know C.S. Lewis just brilliantly per, portrayed that as being the king of the jungle, the yeah. lion, right, yeah. Aslan. Yeah. But I mean, I I since I've been little and have you know read all these great crazy stories from the Old Testament, I mean, this is not somebody to mess around with. Amen. You know, and so. I don't want to put any expectations on God. I, yeah. I just want to be a faithful, good son. Yeah. That's all I want to do. Okay. And you know what? If at the end of this whole thing, I I get that acknowledgement, then oh praise <laughs> yep. that, I, that I did it. You know, Well done, good and faithful son. I mean, <laughs> he, you know, I don't know how many people have actually passed out at that moment, but I'm fairly <laughs> sure I'll be one of those, you know? Yeah. with my long list of questions, <laughs> right.
0: which I probably won't
1: care too much about. Yeah. Um,
0: so as we begin to wind things down, a few more questions and then we'll be finished. What do you want your legacy to be? Or have you thought that
1: far down the road? Well, you know, I am... Um, obviously, I think that's a, that's a really heavy question because I think legacy means a lot of th- different things to the people that yeah. you have relationships with.
0: Well, we got a couple more hours, so... <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, my, my legacy with my children is that I want them to, to always look at me as being as best as I possibly could be a father to them. That's all I
0: want from them, you know? I want my kids to know that they are unconditionally loved.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: First and foremost, there's a time and season where, you know, it's definitely... And I'll always be their father... But I just first and foremost I want them to know that they're unconditional love because I think during the parenting stage there are times when they may not have sensed that from me. Oh. And yeah. that's that's yeah. what I want them to feel. That they can come to me with anything. And yeah. that I always love them and accept them. Even if I don't agree with their choices are all the time. So I always love them and accept them. Yeah so. oh yeah. Okay. yeah because that's the way God is with us. Yeah. Right? Oh yeah. That's that's exactly
1: it. Yeah. Yeah, I would have uh, kicked myself out of, you know, God's house a long time ago because God. You know, <laughs> That's a good thing you I am, and I aren't God, right? I am, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, he, he 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 inspires this beautiful story about the prodigal son. Yeah. And I'm reading the story, going, that kid didn't do anything that bad <laughs> compared to what I've done. Good point. You Can see yourself in the story. And he still opens his he still opens his arms to me. Yes. Yeah. It's yeah. remarkable, right. and you know, I want to be that same kind of father. Amen,
0: amen.
1: So yep. that's the legacy I want with my kids. Yep. Um, I want the legacy with with my wife because I'm fairly sure I'm, I'm, i will be passing the earth yeah. before her. Yeah. I want my legacy with my wife basically to be that there would be no other that could serve her as a husband yeah. better than my
0: kid that I awesome. did. And what a great testimony if that's what. Is the way she remembers.
1: You. Yeah, I, I would
0: hope so. I or agree. even says that about you now. There's yeah, nobody who could love me as well as my. Who husband knows? You. I, it's,
1: um, you know, I think it's a constant thing. I think it's the it's the it's the whole package, start to finish. You, yeah, it's something you can't grade in the middle of it. That's that's the way I look at it. You know. Yeah. Um, and then as far as like society, I mean, you know, I I don't, you know, I don't need recognition. I I, I mean, I have a couple things on my you call bucket list but it's kind mm-hmm. of the things on like my goal listings you know like yeah. like uh, you know writing a patent you know so I can yeah. acknowledge for inventing something that's going to be beneficial for society yeah uh, trademark yeah. yeah I've done I've done those things uh, internationally recognized trademark yeah I'm, I'm listed as as the uh, the writer of that yeah um, and the process is like you're saying back at Procter & Gamble that are still used yeah exactly well yeah and so there's a there's somewhat of a legacy yeah. in there and you know, I, I want that legacy to be in society that I made things around me better. Yeah. Amen. And you know, uh, at work, at play, at uh, uh, in in society, you know, be it infrastructure or whatever, you know, I contributed to yeah. making it better. Yep. And I and I I, I, I wish more had that same desire. Yeah.
0: So what sort of advice or encouragement would you have for others either in a similar season of life to yourself or who have experienced some of the same challenges that you've experienced in life?
1: Oh, well, I think my my biggest consistently given advice is never let the circumstances around you dictate your character. Yeah. Yeah, and cool. I've given that advice to Practically everybody yeah. I've ever been intimately related to, yeah. because that's one of the things that I've really learned is that uh, if you start playing the games of the world, the world will chew you up. Yeah. Yep. Amen. Yep. Um, if you start playing with interpretation of God's law, yeah. God will chew you up. Yeah. And it'll teach you a lesson that you will not you will not forget. Yeah. And I and I think those are really key things to focus on and and so you know i i think that's the the big warning for yeah. me yeah that's, you know
0: so lastly what would you like to say to either the person or the people that you love the most in life
1: oh well i think the one thing i'd want to tell all those people is that i hope they understand that my love for them is absolute sincere that's that's the one thing. Yeah. I have no agenda with them.
0: Yeah.
1: I have no yeah. expectation of them. Yeah. What I give them is all of me. Yeah. That's and, awesome. And that's and I hope they know that. Yeah. Really? Well, I appreciate you
0: taking time out of your busy schedule to go ahead and share your story with me. It's been totally awesome. Uh, hospitals went, went without
1: oxygen. <laughs> I'm sure
0: they'll be fine. I appreciate <laughs> you. Love you as a friend. Um, to all of our loyal listeners in Potville. I appreciate each and every one of you for listening to a very special friend of mine. I love you dearly. Till we meet again, thank you for listening. This has been another episode of Real